How are you doing, folks? Welcome to another episode of Yoga Dave's Hobby Podcast, the podcast where I talk about everything from tabletop board games, tabletop board, game, board games, and tabletop RPGs, and everything those particular games encompass. Um, today, um, it's back to the usual. The last couple of weeks have been um, rather RPG heavy. Um, so, what we're going to talk about is various things going on in gaming over this last couple of weeks that I've been off um, doing these kinds of episodes. Um, first of all, um, is it Skelp? Yes, it's Skelp 2019 is the Scottish, um, well, next Scottish Wargaming show. Um, it's on in Forfer on Saturday the 12th of October um, it's from 2am to 4pm they haven't announced the clubs that are going to be there at the moment but um, it's normally a, a half decent small show uh, one of the, is one of the smaller shows in Scotland um, what they have announced is the traders so Colonel Bills, Wargaming, Depot, Commando Miniatures, Floating World Design Games Workshop Highlander Games, Men of the Sword, Red Dice Games and War Bases have announced that they're all going to be there at this present moment in time. I'm sure there'll be more closer we get to it. It's just, I haven't been to nowhere, I will admit that, but it's just purely because of the time you need to get up. Um, but yeah, if you are in, in the Forfer area, um, it's, it's a good show to go to. Um, so that is Saturday the 12th of October from 10 to 4. Right, so we will start with Games Workshop. Um, obviously, um, the biggest thing of recent times, obviously I've been away for a bit, um, as the Codex Space Marines, the new Codex Space Marines, has actually been released. Um, and they've shown, every, as far as I know, they've shown everything so far. So all the stuff that came with the Shadow Spear um, are being released um, separately. Um, there's a new Primaris Lieutenant. There's a surprise um, that's come out. Obviously, the new Warsuits. Um, so the Invicta Tactic Warsuit um, is on its way. I think that's pre-ordered this week has just gone pre-order this week um, all the rules for the non-codex chapters, so the Space Bulls, the Black Templars the Thousand Sun not Thousand Suns, it's Chaos um, so all the stuff that's non-codex um, is um all the new rules for it are being released for all the new stuff, I believe. Um, I think they've done, they've released all that stuff. Um, so, do, do, do. yeah, all that stuff has been released. Um, so. Codex Space Marines update certain data sheets. So, the, in addition to the so all bolt rifles have changed to assault three, which is interesting. Um, all the bolt rifles, apart from the Stalker, because that's damage characteristics to two. Mastercrafted is going to three. Um, Icarus rocket launcher to two. Flamestar cannons. Range increased to 12 inches, that's interesting. Um, Hand Flamers Pistol D6, Gravis Armor Captain's Wounds has got 7, so obviously the Wolf Lord has 2. Um, aggressors and Aggressor Sergeants got 3 wounds and 3 attacks, 4 for the Sergeant. Um, oh. Sergeants for the Scepters have gone to three for their rather than Scepters full stop. Um, new Reaver rules, Shock Assault, so Firestorm. There's, there's, they've got all the changes here. 
So if you download the errata sheet um, and put it in your your codex, I need to save that. Um, what else has come out? Uh, okay, so that's all that stuff. Sorry, I'm a bit less. Um, excuse me. Um, so obviously all this summer update stuff has been added to be used to the non-codex chapters so all that stuff's done um, yeah so the biggest kick up about that I've seen of recent is about the warsuits that make that, that people are going on they make the dreadnoughts seem less um, special than they used to be. The thing about it is, though, um, the Invicta Tactical Warship is not a dreadnought. It looks very similar to a dreadnought, but it's not a dreadnought because a dreadnought has a person in a has a space marine in a sarcophagus that powers it and runs it. Tactical warships are guys in suits like warships that they're like sentinels, basically. With the barbed cage and all the rest, that I mean, it's a different thing altogether. Um, but you know, you know, it's like everything. People want to complain. I think it looks really cool. I'd like one, but it's thirty-seven fifty. Can't afford that right now. Um, in fact, I'd like more than one. Um, Kerioth, um, the YouTube guy, has a whole army of dreadnoughts. And I want to play with a whole um, army of dreadnoughts because of that. And I want some of these guys. I think they're elite choices. Well, I mean, that's not a surprise because all dreadnoughts are elite choices. But, I mean, it's a heavy weapons platform. Basically, I mean, the, the thing's got a, essentially a pistol grip heavy bolter for its power fist you know what I mean <laughs> it's like yeah please thank you I'll take that um, I like it I like it a lot I like the look of it Somebody, there is actually a version of it with the bolt pistol or the heavy bolter in the hand rather than um, like as if it's holstered which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, I mean, there was a whole massive kick up about that at the weekend when it went pre order, and it's like, pfft, Jesus, chill out, man. Get a grip, please. Um, so, obviously, the Phobos armor figures haven't been released yet, so the infiltrators and the great, um, all, all the stuff um, that was released. Um, they're also releasing uh, transport for the Primaris. Um, I don't remember if I talked about that before um, but yeah so that's been released um, so like a proper dedicated transport it basically looks like a rhino with um, the skimmer stuff on it it's not really that great looking to be honest I don't think I'll be um, purchasing one of them unless I absolutely have to um, I think the only reason to purchase one of them is to for like a um, competition and as we all know I'm not a big fan of the competitions um, so I probably won't be picking one up um, so what is going on this week um, the new starter set for Kill Team has been released um, well it's pre-ordered right now so obviously um, it goes pre so it's pre-ordered now I'll be out on Saturday you know I don't know how many copies will be available. Well, this time it is um, the Fangs of Wilfric, which were available separately um, from the Space Wolf chapter and Advanced Team Star Pulse, um, the Tau Fire Warrior kill team that was available separately. Um, but they are both 
in this box set, this new core manual, uh, core box set um, that comes with that, with them, um, new tactics cards, you just get the game board and scenery, so it's more of the sector mechanicus stuff, which is really nice. I have some of it for from the conquest box set. I actually need to sort that out. Um, all the counters, all the stuff that you need, obviously, is in this new starter box set, which is pretty cool. Um, because since the old one went out of print, I haven't had one. I think that is going to be the with kill team is going to be the same kind of um, deal as they have with 40k you've got the main 40k box set <coughs> the big box set and then you have like starter sets that they'll re release every now and again um, and it'll go um, <coughs> it'll be a limited release um, same as I think that's the idea behind all the kill teams uh, kill team that they'll do with the kill team box sets is that it'll be a limited release rather than you know <coughs> a main one and then they release separate ones like 40k um, obviously the 40k one you've got the Dark Imperium big box set um, and then they release the um, box sets that are for a certain amount of time. Uh, what else is pre-order this week? Oh, the new Horace Heresy White Scars uh, jet bikes. They look fucking awesome. Um, they look less <coughs> the phallic symbol that the uh, scimitar jet bikes looked. Um, it's because they're called Shamshur jet bikes. Um, faster and more manoeuvrable version of the scimitar um, used by other legions. They're perfect line breakers and assault units. Um, so they've got power lances, like Contos power lance. Um, and their bolt oars are a wee bit different. That I can't remember, it's been a while since I played. Um, Heresy, so jet bikes um, I think are very much like Outrider bikes that they have the plasma melter boat or combo choice. Um, I can't remember to be honest, but um, yeah, so these have got scattered shots, so <laughs> template weapons, um, shredding and pinning under assault. So, so you know, you can shoot and then get into combat with them. Um, as well as the exceptional jet bike, each raid on the Golden Keshik is equipped with a devastating weapon used only by the White Scars, the Contos Power Lance. It's a perfect hunting tool and absolutely brutal when you make a charge. So it's Malice 7. It's Malice Strength 7. No, Malice 7. So is that 7 dice? Fuck me. Um, right now. Alright, so it's a seven on a strength seven on a charge, and then any other turn is the second value. Um, is EP two on the charge? What oh, damn! And it's Sunders on the charge. It's murderous strike in the charge, and it's concussive in the short charge. Um, any weapon this type may only ever make a single attack in any given assault phase. However, on a turn in which the bearer has charged. They automatically made the initiative step ten, so you charge, you hit first. Um, this is only you know only one attack, but um, yeah, ouch. Um, so Golden Cash Squad, each led by a champion, Paragon of the Hunt, Slayer, Countless Foes, Name of the Great Can. In addition to their standard gear, he's also equipped with Thunder Hammer. <laughs> and it's got a, a wee asterisk that says though they there tend to be fewer heads to take as trophies if you cave them all in with a thunder hammer. Fair enough. And what else is out? The new Blackstone Fortress Escalation 
um, upgrade or supplement um, with the new figures that I was talking about before. That come in that box set in America. Nice figures. The thing about them is, from what I've, I've seen, is that all the heroes come in the one box, so getting one of them separately is going to be a difficult thing. And then there's new Chaos Cultists, Traitors Guardsmen, nice Chaos Cultists, I think. Which are some, I mean, they're beautiful figures, but yeah. I don't have Blackstone Fortress, so I won't be picking that up. Um, but also the Middle Earth stuff has gone made to order for one week to secure some of the stuff. So there's the Kings of Men before they become Ringwraiths. There's the Dwarf um, Kings. There's Dead Figures. There's Gandalf and Bilbo with Sting. So you need to get at it now. There's the casualty pack, the dwarf kings, kings of men, um, blah, 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 and the troll king throwing a goblin. Do, 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 what else is there? Some Mordor orcs, I think. Uh, Mordor orc Borman. Uh, Borman. Warrior Armored Goblin Warriors, Modern Goblins, and then the Twilight Ring Race. And then there is. Doo -doo -doo, the Death of Gothmog as well. Doo -doo 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 So that is the Games Workshop stuff that is pre-ordered this week and ready for next week, I think. I think it's pre-ordered this week. Um, 24th. Oh, pre-ordered today. So they went pre-order on Saturday, so you've got the week to pre-order all of that stuff. Oh, yes, yes, the new Aereo Aeronautica Imperialis, and um, they released the coming soon thing, so I'm assuming that is coming in the next two to three weeks. Um, so they've got a campaign book in it, it's Ren's World, so that's the one that the Imperial Fists got battered by the orcs if I remember rightly um, so with it you get do, 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 two thunderbolt fighters that can be built as furies two marauder bombers, three daca jets two fighter bombers, your rule book your uh, battle map um, dice transfer sheets, tokens, quick reference guides and more um, they're going to do an unboxing tomorrow. Might actually be today, but um, they look really nice. Um, figures, well, the parts, but the multi-part kits um, as well. So you'll be able to do what you want with them. Um, so they're releasing in the first campaign book, as I said, it's Rin's World. Um, with all the rules for the campaign, then they've got the oh, is this this week? Oh, I think it's might be going pre-order this week. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. And um, because they've got the accessories pack that's coming out as well. Um. So next weekend you'll be able to supplement aeronautic. Uh, Imperialis with loads of nifty accessories, an additional area of engagement map made of cards larger than the one found in the box set, make sure larger backdrops your large area battles, ground asset set, um, so for populating your um, battlefield with weapons, batteries, bunkers and target markers, representing troops or ground based targets, 
um, handy card packs, tracking your weapons, uh, aircraft need battle, optional, um, optional um, with options, uh, single shot options, right, okay, then there's tokens, and there's the dice and everything, so that looks really, really cool. Um, maybe that's a Christmas present for me um, for somebody um, so yeah that looks pretty good um, I quite like the look of that um, right so on to next section which is I'm going to talk about some indie RPGs that are crowdfunding right now um, one is Domains by Philip Lochner who you will have heard on episode 29 I think of the podcast um, this is horror RPG, now you might have um, you might remember that he has trouble crowdfunding in Croatia because of the legal implications you know the Croatian government don't allow it um, if he wanted to do it through a third party he'd have to pay a ridiculous percentage on it, um, so he didn't want to do that, so what he's done is so he can get art done, so he can get editing done, so he can get all the stuff that needs done to make it a professional a professional um, job as he's doing the unedited un, well, unarted says the um, a, a copy excuse me that he's offering on drive RPG that is doesn't have any um, art in it, isn't fully edited, you know, the, what's the, the desktop publishing kind of stuff hasn't been done, um, all this, that kind of stuff, just still, still being worked on, um, obviously he needs to be able to afford that, um, he's afford to pay his translator because he's as he said to me English isn't even his second language it's like his fourth I think um, you know so obviously he doesn't he's like he's actually probably very much like me he doesn't write written English he writes spoken English um, it's very much like me that's why I need an editor that I can't spell um, and my grammar's absolutely atrocious um, but you know all these things he's paying for through this it's five euros on drive through RPG and um, the character sheet and um, it's like a tip jar kind of thing and um, so for you know six doll six euros you can pick up set rules and the character sheet um you know of a set rules that uh you know he's the guy that's been gaming for probably as long as me um, so he probably has as much experience as me he has as much experience as me, probably more from playing RPGs and playing that type of RPG um, you know so that um, is currently live on Drive Through RPG also right now and for the next ooh, how many days is it now Um do, do, do. Hold on to six, and I will find for you. I had it up. So the company is NorCal Mythos, so they're based in California, um, and the set of, set of rules is Carbon Jungle. Um, so this set of rules is a um, uh, fantasy science fiction based set of rules. So it's set in a sci-fi um, like universe but with fantasy elements uh, with deep backstory, rich setting filled with quest seeds to get the games going um, characters are completely customisable, hundreds of op options for millions of possible combinations um, three, three styles of gameplay um, for different levels of player, um, unique gameplay where you get to have a GMless system which is quite interesting because we don't even have that um, and then they've got uh, it's flipping fight rule set 
uh, those brand new gamers to jump into RPG and also for premium games that the entire game group can play. Um, so there's decks of cards that they have, which you can use, I think, very similarly to our Fate deck, uh, but I think that's used for the entire other game. Um, so with this, there's a very n- a number of varying um, levels of reward um, that you can pick up. Um, they range from five dollars to like a ridiculous amount of money. It's like five hundred and sixty dollars. That's a lot of money. That's it. But that's default card copies of the rule set. Um, play a one shot in a zero section with the creators. PDF party pack, which means all of your party can get them, all the citizen rewards and all the digital stretch goals, which is that's a lot of stuff. Um, but that's why it's five hundred and sixty dollars. Uh, obviously, I talk about in the RPGs relatively often um, when I talk about RPGs on in real life. Um, I don't talk about them that often on the podcast, but I will be talking more about them in the future. Um, Purely because I am of the opinion that the vast majority of the major publishers do not cater to the entirety of what is the um, RPG community. Now, obviously... You can't cater to everyone because you know fantasy is not everyone's taste, sci-fi is not everyone's taste, horror isn't everyone's taste. These various different versions of RPGs, it's not the same taste for everyone. Not everyone's going to play it. That's fair enough. But you make it as inclusive as you possibly can. You include as many people as you can, um, like in your marketing and in the way the game looks. The you know representing everyone. You know, you know, a kid picks up his book, you know, a book, and goes like on the heroes, or they they flip through the book, and they find heroes that look like them. Um, either on the cover, you, you find them either on the cover, you can find them in the book itself. That's what you want. You want people to be represented and it be representative. It's like you know, in our game. The species are no longer, you know, because they're goblins, or because they're orking, because they're dark elves, because they're this, they're that, or the next thing, they're evil. It's their society is evil. If they were brought up in an evil society, then they're evil. It's the same for humans, it's the same for elves, it's the same for dwarves, halflings, gnomes, you name it. No matter what it is, it's the society they were brought up in. Um, we have Serpentari, which... Um, very much like um, Naga in some regards. Um, you know, we've got Walrus Men, we've got Shark Men, um, you know, you've got various other races. You know, you've got the Dog People. They have a uh, the Jagakari, Jagakari, Jagakari. Can't even say the bloody name right now. Um, they are, you know, they don't. Their society is evil. It's an evil offshoot of the Volcani. But you know, you can play people from that or characters from that species that are good, that are light beings, that are medium and the neutral. This is the thing. It's the society they come from. If the society they come from has evil intentions, is evil, you know, the leadership is evil and they grew up and they, they were invested in that, then yes, they're evil. But it's society that makes them that way. You know, it's not who they are. It's not the colour of their skin. It's not the way they look. And, you know, there are going to be nations that, you know, don't accept this, that, the next thing, but because of wars that they fought with their people, but there's all those kind of things yes we do have that but that's the reality of a world where there is conflict there are ways of doing utopia 
utopian um, societies and worlds where there is conflict but that's not what we're going for but we're not going for that kind of thing it's not that we couldn't do it it's that that's not what we're going for we're going from for a an age where you know things have advanced but like technologically but there's about to be a war that's going to be fought in the next 10 10 or so years from the year that the game starts in so they're way on advance and then we'll do like different aged camp like different aged source books so when technology wasn't quite as up to date as it was the campaign that will be set in the late the, the next great war all the rest that kind of stuff but there are ways of doing it where you have a utopian society but there's conflict that's great that's that's if that's what you're going for that's what you could go for we're, we're not going for that kind of but what we are doing is including as many people as we can because that is that is the plan include as many people as many, as many different people in the process as we possibly can there's a reason right I mean this is taken from Brandon who wrote Swordsfall and expanded a little bit um, expanding to South Africa to um, India that advertising to these places where I do not believe that they're being catered for by as many companies as they should be I think I mean I understand the advertising budgets and all the rest of that kind of stuff I spent $20 on advertising to on this latest round of ads um, and po- cost per post engagement was less than a cent because I included India and I included South Africa in it. I barely got any, and I, I rarely get 10 per 10 times like engagement for 10 times that amount of money or 20, 100 times that amount of money. It's normally 40 to 50 cents per engagement. I mean, United Kingdom, I got three posts, I got three posts per engagement, uh, three bits of engagement. In Canada, I got one. I didn't even get to Australia or the rest of Canada or um, anywhere else. It was South Africa and India. And it was a massive, massive amount of engagement. Now, that's not to say that all these people are going to buy a set of rules. But there were... 140 to 150 um, like proper engagements where they've clicked the link they've looked at profiles, they've looked at this, that and the next thing that's 150 people that I wouldn't have got if I just um, advertised to England Scotland and Ireland and Wales and America these places that are catered to for by the major companies like um, Wizard of the Coast, etc. But I don't think D&D you know, D&D is the behemoth, behemoth, or behemoth of the gaming industry. It's bigger than Games Workshop is, it's bigger than any other RPG is. Um, but the biggest problem with D&D is it's not accurately written and I do understand it's a fantasy RPG you know, and it's that kind of stuff but we you know a couple of hours of discussion and conversation built a system that is far more uh, built a combat system that's far more realistic than the D and D one, I mean, by far, you know the way that armor interacts, the way the weapons interact, way the all these things. Couple of hours, m- maybe ten, 
15 hours of discussion and all the rest of that kind of stuff. So using somebody who is intimately aware of armour, weapons, all the rest of that kind of stuff to do that, simple enough. Now I understand D&D has been the same way for 45 years. Right, I think it's its 45th anniversary this year. 45 years. Combat system hasn't changed dramatically. The experience system hasn't changed dramatically in any length of time. The way you gain experience hasn't changed. Um, the only differences have been skills and feats and all the rest of that kind of stuff. The... the the minutiae kind of stuff has changed but the basic way that D&D plays has not changed in five editions of the rules no no this has really changed I mean the abilities have changed tiny little bits um, combat system to my recollection hasn't changed very much um, and it's just the problem I have with D&D is it's very much a combat orientated XP set of rules and people have said to me oh well there's this change and there's that change and then this and the next change yeah you do have that right fine fair enough but right they've, they've said you know if you know you talk your way out of a thing with um, an enemy then you get the same experience as killing them but that's that's not enough, you know. With good sets of rules, it's what happens overall during the adventure that helps you. You know what experience you gain. Um, you get XP for role playing X Y Z, um, and they talk about the, in the newest rules or having this or you give X amount of experience or you decide no this that kind of stuff and it's like well it doesn't help that I don't know how much experience to give for this that and the next thing um, I very much enjoy the Modifius 2d20 sets of rules and they recommend this is how much XP you give for um, completing side missions for taking part in the RP for completing a mission. There are a number of different ways that you complete said, can complete said mission. The last one, I mean, if you listen to it, there is minuscule amount of combat, and that is combat that wasn't designed to kill either. It was take them down, stick them to the ground, and then get what you need, get the fuck out of the situation that worked very well and because we played it that way and because I mean Xander got more experience from his mission which was to ensure nobody gets killed I mean that in my you know I mean we all know I'm, I enjoy the combat side of games I do enjoy the art role playing side of the games as well but you know I very much play combat orientated characters and we all know I enjoy that but I did enjoy this particular mission because, I mean, don't get me wrong, I didn't have a lot to do at periods, but when I did, it was something, you know, as I had to think about it, I had to think, right, I have to have a adhesive rounds, I have to ensure that non-lethal rounds are used, so if anything does happen, then, you know, there's ways of getting around it. Um, if ship security gets... Is, um, having his mast and all this, that kind of stuff, and using adhesive rounds will mean that X, Y, and Z will happen, and we'll probably survive it and probably get away with it. But you know, all these things um, make a good game, in my opinion. I mean, I, I mean, if he's listened to me when we were doing the Legends of the Five Rings first game. I was not happy with the fact that I was handed a diplomat of a character, but I actually enjoyed it. 
I enjoyed playing that character because because I play so much of the same kind of character very often I forget that I do enjoy it when I play something different but I always have it in my mind that there should, when games are played they should cater towards every type of play you know which is why with Legends we have you know diplomatic campaigns we have puzzle based campaigns um, skill based campaigns in mind as well as combat oriented campaigns but also at the same time having a mixed kind of campaign as kind of your norm you know, there's bits of combat, there's bits of skill based stuff, there's bits of puzzles, there's bits of diplomacy, all this, that kind of stuff. That makes a, a very well rounded campaign. So, if you've got all the elements to make up that kind of campaign, you should also be able to do those things separately on their own as a whole. Which is why every time you take a skill test and you pass, you get experience depending on the difficulty of that skill test and how many dice you use to get that. Um, if you used extra dice um, to pass a difficult one, then obviously you lose a percentage of your um, XP um, because you've made it easier using extra dice. Um, but if you you know you get an almost impossible skill roll, you like loads of experience for that. But that's the point. You know, it's an XP system that's built that. Every time you score a skill, you know when you do good RP, when you do this, there, there is an amount of art, there's an amount of experience that you get. So if you diplomat, if you you're doing a diplomatic campaign, it's all about the role playing. It's not about the dice rolling. It's about the role playing. So you get that kind of that XP for the way that you role play if you role play it very well then I mean that's the thing you need to have a robust XP system for this kind of thing but going back to what I was talking about um, earlier was it, did I talk about it? Um, what I was going to talk about was you have to advertise for everyone you can't just advertise for a small group of people if you're an indie developer, even if you're not an indie developer, if you're a large developer, in my opinion, you should be advertising to everyone. The reason that I'm advertising to India and South Africa isn't because I think I'll be selling loads and loads of copies of books, because I don't think the the annual income is quite close to um, UK, US, Canada, Australia all these places what I think is we'll market more PDFs to India South Africa um, countries with developing economies as well um, you know we'll market them the PDFs as more this is what you want to pick up because it's the same rules and also give them permission to print them off themselves um, on the printers or whatever um, do a print-on-demand service, uh, all these different things, because you want everyone that can to play your game. You don't want to exclude people. You want to include everyone, unless they're arseholes. In which case, don't buy my fucking game. That is, like, that is the one thing. I am less. I seem to be less tolerant of arseholes when I'm online than I am um, in real life. Because I have to be far more tolerant of ourselves in my real life. Because if I didn't, I'd lose my job. I'd probably go to jail. Um, but it's like... There are several... Um, instances of late... That... Of... White supremacists, racists, all this that kind of shit. Attacking... POC... Um, creators and... Um, LGBTQI is it LGBTQI plus um, gamers and developers and it's all bullshit it's all fucking it's it's all out of order man 
There's, there's, there's no need for it. Um, I mean, in these situations, people like me, who I am, I mean, I'm white as white can be, you know, as far as, as far back as I can tell, my family's all Northern European. Um, I'd have to get a DNA test to make sure, but, you know, white is fucking white. And straight. I should be standing up for people who are marginalised as much as they stand up for themselves. It shouldn't just be them having to stand up for themselves. It should be us who aren't marginalised, who are the mainstream of people that are catered to for fucking everything, should be going, no, no. Be cool. Don't be an arsehole. Do not fucking act like this. So, you know, that's that's my that's my opinion, obviously. Um, which, you know, I mean, I think for the most part everyone thinks that way, but you know, I also know people who are like these people that I've been getting pissed off with online, um, and it's like, man, it's not fucking cool. It's not, it's not the right way to fucking be. Intolerance is bullshit. I've been saying it for fucking years. Intolerance is absolutely bullshit and shouldn't be going on. But, you know, it does and we have to combat it. And one way of doing that is to be as inclusive as you possibly can be with your games. If you're writing a game, include as many people of different cultures... Um, backgrounds and you know all, all all the stuff that makes this all the stuff that makes up the, this world up all the peoples that make this world up that's that's who you should be engaging with that's who you should be including um, it's why the, um, the Millennius source book has been put on hold for right now until I can afford to include um POC, well, African and people of African Africans and people of African descent that can write the viewpoints properly of you know, the people of Malinis because for the most part it is um, inspired by African cultures and my limited knowledge of African cultures so what my thought is is that it's better off waiting till I can pay these people to be involved in making this so that it has a, a realistic and um, proper <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm struggling for the words um feel to it so you know if somebody from Kenya for instance sees a character who comes from a society that is very much like theirs they see it and it's authentic and it's real and it engages them I think that's what we should be all be going for now I can write Scottish and Irish and various other perspectives because you know, because of where I'm from and who my family is and all the rest of that kind of stuff um, and where they're all from and also people who I haven't inter interacted with and societies that I've interacted with over, over my lifetime that I can you know, I can authentically write societies that are similar to these ones or have taken inspirations from these particular societies but I can't for any African society. I can't for any you know, Asian society other than you know, Indians and Pakistanis because people who I've worked with and people whose lives I've interacted with are Indian and Pakistani. But at the same time, I wouldn't want to write them, to be honest, because I don't have... You know, I haven't been abused the way that, they, that many of my Indian Pakistani friends have been abused um, you know 
I don't, haven't lived in the same, you know, cultural society as them. Now, we, we do live in the same country. We, you know, we grew up in the same country. But, you know, their cultures are completely different from mine. So, I want to include them in anything that is them fatally in that area. Um, so that that's that's that is the plan for all this kind of stuff is to include the people who represent these societies more than I do to be involved in the writing of them. That's that's it's, it's, I've been thinking over it for the last three or four months and I came to the decision probably what <clears throat> Tuesday or Wednesday last week that that's the way that it was going to go and, and people have said well you know you shouldn't feel like creatively um Stunted by the fact that you don't, you know, never grew up in these societies and all this, that kind of stuff. It's like, well, I'm not creatively stunted. It's having the realization that you cannot speak for people that you do not represent. And in that way, I mean, and, and you know, it's just it'll be the same for LGBTQIA characters. You get the people that live, live that life to write those characters. You, you can give them a direction in which you want those characters to go, but authentic authenticity is the key for that. I think. Um, on that note, um, I am going to finish off this podcast, and I'm going to upload it. Um, yeah, I mean. I hope you guys enjoy this podcast and I, I know there's a lot of me talking and rambling and what have you and I haven't actually sat and listened to this podcast I just recorded it um, because that's what I do I don't sit and edit myself too much, I mean there's bits and pieces where I've had to stop and think and you know edit a little bit but there's no major editing um, as I said in the beginning, Skelp is on the Twelfth of October, um, between twelve and four, um, and four for, you know, if if you're in the area, if you live in the area, if you know you're going to be in the area, have a wee visit. Um, apart from that, I hope we're all well, and I hope you have a good week. And I'm going to say happy hobby, guys.